Welcome to the Lighter Church Podcast, lighting the people to light the world through the knowledge of Christ. Visit www.tlc.net.ng and share the gospel of Christ today. Please let's put our hands together for the Lord this morning. What an awesome day. What a wonderful day. What a day of blessing. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. I don't know how many of you are happy to be in church today. I am very, very happy to be in church today. The Lord has brought us here to bless us, to lift us up, to change our situations, to give us great testimonies, and even for him to glorify himself in our lives. The Lord has brought us here for an encounter with destiny. And my prayer is that you are not going to live here the same way you came. Let the Lord touch each and every one of you today. That you will know that truly the Lord has touched you. Your life will never remain the same again. In the name of Jesus. I know that the glory of the Lord is about to be revealed in your lives. I am so convinced that the glory of the Lord is about to be revealed in your lives. I have no doubt that you are about to begin to testify about the glory of the Lord revealed. I want you to please believe it, confess it, accept it for yourself, and God will perform it. Please believe it, confess it, expect it and God will perform it Amen. hallelujah it is up to God to do what he said he will do but please key in in the same frequency with God how do I mean if God says something just believe just believe just believe just trust him for it confess it to yourself that this year the glory of the Lord shall surely be revealed in my life and keep confessing it and be expecting it. Wake up in the morning and expect it. You're about to sleep, you still expect it. You wake up again the next morning, you expect it. Let that expectation be constant in your lives and allow God to do what he said he will do. For the Lord will surely perform it. And you shall testify that God has been glorified in my life this year. You shall testify that God has been glorified in the life of members of this church this year. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you just project that promise again? Uh, there's something that struck me this morning even as we are taking it and i'm so glad to let you know that this promise has nothing to do with the economy of the country with who becomes the president of the country who becomes the governor of your state who becomes anything anywhere the Bible simply says, trust in the Lord and do good. That is my responsibility. That's your responsibility. I trust in the Lord and I do what is good. 
then you will live safely whether they are kidnapping whether they are Boko Haram whether they are um, I don't know banditing whether they are I don't know whatever that, that is happening that makes people to be unsafe in the land he said then you will live safely in the land what land do you have here in Nigeria you have been promised to live safely and you will do what again and you will do what again and prosper it doesn't include anybody it doesn't include any system it doesn't include any politician it doesn't include the state of the economy the bible said trust in the lord and do good then you will live safely in the land and what then verse 4 take the light in the lord be excited about god take the light in the lord take the light in the lord and he will give you your what? Your heart desire. I don't know what you desire of the Lord this year. What you are desiring of the Lord. I mean, nobody's going to give you your heart desire. Nobody, no politician, no president, no governor, no senator, nobody will give you your desire. Even when you think somebody will give you, you might be disappointed. But the great one said, take the light in the Lord and he will give you. And he will give you your heart's desires. Everything you desire of the Lord, be ready to have them given to you in spite of the political situation of the country. And again, commit everything. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Everything you do your business, your family, you are going out, you are coming in, your meetings, your endeavors, everything you do, commit them one after the other. As you are stepping out, commit them to the hands of the Lord. And after committing, you trust him that is in charge and in control. And he will do what? Case closed. Promise has been made and it's been made by the promise keeper and he will keep his promise for you. Shout hallelujah somebody. Are we in church already? Are you getting blessed already? We thank the Lord for his presence this morning. I thank God for your testimony, man on white. I thank God because um, it was a very worrisome period in his life. And when he mentioned depression, depression was actually real in his life then. You know, depression can cause so many things when you begin to lose hope in life. But now to the glory of God, he got a big lifting in the job that makes his bills easily paid and his life better. That is the portion of each and every one of us this year. Everything we desire of the Lord, everything we want God to do for us, the Lord will do it much more than what we expect, much more than what we think in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.
I want to lay a preamble to today's teaching because it's purely teaching. And the preamble I want to lay is that the life that we live is a product of the choice that we make. And I want to expand on that a little while. Product of the choice that we make. We live in the world full of choices. Full of what? You have several suitors coming to you. You decide to marry one and leave the rest. That's your choice. And what comes out after that is what? A product of your product of your choice. You have so many options and so many things you want to do and you choose one. Then your life will be driven by the choice that you have made because you decided to choose that thing. God gave us the opportunity to live by our choices. God does not force choices to us. God leaves us in a world where we have choices. And he asks you to please try to choose the right thing. The choosing is yours. The opportunities are all over the place. All over the place because what you hear most times determines the choice that are valuable for you to make. What you hear, the things you are being told, the information level you operate determines the options that you have to choose. At times you have made a choice and all of a sudden you have an updated information and say, ah, no, 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 this is better. At times you have been working in the course of the choice you have made. And you now hear something you should have had when you made the choice. You say, oh my God, I wish I knew this before. I would have choose differently. Can you relate to that? Very well so. So what you hear in life determines what kind of choice eventually we make. The hearing space is so wide. The choices are so wide, but we don't choose everything. Hallelujah. God himself said, I have said before you, life and death. What and what again? Blessing and what? You can imagine God said, there are causes somewhere. There, there are blessings somewhere. But if I might have to advise you, choose life, and of course choose blessing, that you and your family and your offspring will live. But in the midst of that, some people choose causes by themselves. 
for whatever reason they decide to choose causes instead of blessing some decide to choose death instead of life and God will not be bothered why? you made your choice you made what? your choice God for sure desires us to make the right choices in our lives but they cannot force choices to us so ultimately the choice remains yours and what choice you decide to make is a product of the options that are valuable to you and that determines how your life turns out eventually whether good or bad and you know what God cannot be bothered and God cannot change your choices and what comes out of what you choose is the way you live your life thereafter that is why when you are in the in the middle of the road and you want to choose try to choose rightly because by the time you begin to walk on that path wherever he leads, to, leads you to is where your choice has led you to the challenge here is that as God wants you to make the right choices so that you can live the devil not only want you to make the wrong choices so that it can affect your destiny he is doing everything possible within his reach and power to ensure that you make the wrong choices that's the difference between God and the devil God gave you the opportunity and advise you advise you but the devil does not advise you to choose wrong. The devil walks in your mind, in your intellect, in your emotion, with vessels, with instruments, with situations, just to make you take the wrong way. So while God is watching you to make the right choice, the devil is working hard to make sure you, you, take, you take the wrong choice. And so you are in the middle of somewhere. And because there is a lot of pressure from the devil, many people go ahead and make the wrong choices. And the devil says, The devil will be very excited because they have done the things their way. But you see, if you say the devil did it, the devil will say, Did I force you? Because he doesn't, he doesn't have an ability to force you into doing the wrong choices. But he creates situations that will make the wrong choices enticing to you. you bring your friends or your colleagues or your relations or your people you see as mentors and all the kinds of things. And you now begin to put ideas so that they can give you those ideas. And of course... 
you now do the wrong thing. You really can't force a child of God to make the wrong choices or they make situations available for them. The principal tool that the devil uses is deception and lies so that you can choose the wrong thing. He uses discouragement and falsehood. Creates some kind of discouraging situation in taking the right path. Uh, this one is too long. This one is too restrictive. This one is too hard. Do you think you want to go that way? It's too narrow. This way is too, is too rough. We can make it easier for you. Begin to discourage you for taking the right path that you know that will lead you to eternal life or to your blessing. And they begin to bring falsehood that just like the one he told Eve. Don't mind what God said. God said to you that if you eat the fruit, you become wiser. Who told you? God, don't mind him. He just didn't want you to get wiser. When you eat the fruit, you get wiser. You know like God. So he doesn't want you to know like him. That was falsehood. And Eve said, that looks like it. Oh, really? Of course, yes. Subtly, he suggested that to Eve. But when Eve ate that fruit, it was then she discovered that the devil had deceived her. The whole world now began to suffer. But the Bible said that Adam was not deceived. Adam opened his eyes and said, If Eve, my darling, my wife, the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh, we eat this fruit, even when I know it's wrong, let us end up in one destiny. <laughs> the Bible said Adam was not actually deceived. He heard from God. He knew what God said. But he said, between God and this woman, what do I choose? Choose, choose, choose. This is flesh. The other one is spirit. Let me choose flesh. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Because I believe if Adam, I don't know, but I, I, I want to believe if Adam had run to God, I said, if at that fruit, if at that fruit, what are we going to do, sir? Maybe, maybe, just maybe, the situation wouldn't have been like this. And he said, no, God, you're on your own. My woman, you missed it too. You sinned the big time. That's a problem for, for you. But I want to join in this problem. <laughs> that was his choice. And he suffered in his choice. And of course, he made the whole world to begin to suffer with that wrong choice that he made. And God was watching Hallelujah. Oh. There is a 
where you personally need the help of the Holy Spirit when you have choices to make as a Christian in this time and age. This is the time you said, God, I don't really know what to do. This looks confusing, but I think this one looks good, but I just don't want to judge. Holy Ghost, please tell me, teach me, tell me where to go. I beg you in the name of Jesus, don't take decisions this year without running it by the Holy Spirit. Commit everything you do to the Lord and trust that what he said you will do is the right thing. Because at times God will tell you something I said, no way, this can't be God. God said it's me. He said, no, it can't be you. Can you confirm it? He confirmed it with somebody else. I said, no, no, but you have said it, but I don't want to do it now. Then you made a choice. Ah, but he said, commit everything you do to the Lord. Because there are ways that seem right unto a man, but the end of it are ways of death. That it seem right to you does not mean it is right. Do you understand? But he that knows that it's right is he that has seen the end from the beginning. And when he directs your path or your steps, you don't go wrong. Please, if you have not taken anything, take this. Don't do anything. Don't take any decision. Don't take any trip. Don't go anywhere. Don't take appointments. Don't do things in this year and forever in your life without running it by the Holy Spirit and expecting him to give you directions. Hallelujah. And I'm very serious about it. Let him that have here hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. He is your guidance. He's been placed in the, in the world and in your life to guide your choices if you do ask him so that you don't fall prey to the deceptions of the devil. Like every message of God to his people, especially in this church, the area we are going to touch today requires your personal choice either to follow or not to follow because there are also different voices and different ideas and different perception regarding it if you want to choose this you choose if you don't want to choose this you choose that God cannot be mocked Whatever thing you choose is what you get. Like whatever thing you sow is what you do reap. That's the preamble. And I want to start the real discussion today. If I call it discussion. That as a tradition of this church. Next Sunday. Being the first Sunday of the month of February. It's a first fruit offering service. It's the day that we give our first fruit to God. 
in this church. There's going to be a lot of emphasis laid on this church. The Delighted Church First Fruit Offering Service is a covenant keeping and faith demonstrating service which we look forward to every year. Covenant, 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 covenant keeping and faith demonstrating service which we look forward to every year. And also as a tradition, we spend the Sunday before the first fruit offering Sunday, like today, to get understanding of why we as a church give first fruit to God. And since we started it, we have never missed giving this exposition. And I thank God that it has always been so. So that it's not like a reactionary. Uh, so he's not giving explanation. Why didn't he tell us about this so-called covenant before? From the first day that we had our first fruit offering, this same message was preached. Hallelujah. And it's on record. And nothing has changed. To the glory of God. You know, it's good to keep record and be consistent in what you do. Because that's power. There is no doubt that understanding our practice of first fruit offering will not only motivate us to give our first fruit to the Lord with our whole heart, but it's also a part of understanding what we stand for as a church, which is a part of that knowledge impartation and understanding impartation. It also helps you to understand what we stand for as a church. Why do I say so? Because first fruit offering to the lighted church is a special covenant between our church and our God which came from a special revelation that God gave to me. And I know that some other churches do practice it, but obviously I am not sure that all churches practice it. That is obvious. And I bet you that our understanding and reason why we give our first fruit is different from the understanding and reasons of almost every church that does partake in first fruit offering service. I can bet you. If you doubt it, ask that pastor, why do you take first fruit? Or as the, mem the members of the church might not know, my pastor has said, so that's it. But we do know, that is why he said, go back to history. Since 2004 that we gave a first fruit offering, this same teaching was made. So we cannot be operating out of ignorance. 
Our understanding and practice of giving our first food to God is clearly unique. Though it took its root from the Old Testament practice of first fruit, but has nothing to do with keeping the doctrine of the Old Testament first fruit offering. Nothing to do with that. Though it took its roots and understanding from there, what we do in this church has nothing to do in keeping with the Old Testament law of first fruit offering. And I thank God again, I say that every year, starting from the very first year, we as a church started giving our first fruit to God. We have always made this clear through our teachings. This is how it started. For the benefit of those that have not been here all along. On the 8th of February 2004, being the first first fruit offering service that we had in this church as the Lighted Church, the Lighted Church entered into a covenant, and that word covenant was used that day, with the Lord to be giving our first fruit to him as an offering. That was when it all started. I caught the revelation of this or the reason for this practice after a teaching series that I did to the church. It was a Wednesday teaching series. Then we have we used to have midweek services and we take series, and that series was centered on the seven feasts of the Lord. The seven feasts of the Lord. On the seven feasts, there was the feast of the first fruit. And the revelation came to me from the understanding that the offering was a commandment that God gave directly to his people, the people of Israel, as a practice for two reasons. He gave them that commandment to be observing it as an ordinance. He gave it to them for two reasons. Number one, appreciating and honoring their God. The first reason is for them to appreciate and honor their God for the blessing of their first fruit harvest for the year. The same God that came in my life and brought them into a new year. Please, get it right. The new year of Israel is not the first of January. They have their new year sometime in September. So, he gave them the first fruit as appreciation. He gave them the ordinance to appreciate him for bringing them to another year. And not only bringing them to another year, giving them the ability to harvest the first fruit for the year. One is that 
if you are not alive, you can't harvest. Now you are alive and you have harvested. And God said, I want you to appreciate me with the first fruit of your first increase. Therefore, reaping the first fruit from the land of their promise was a demonstration of the faithfulness of God to his people. And God should be appreciated for this. Because he simply told them, you're about to enter the land that I promise you. Once you get there, as you begin to harvest, you give me the first fruit of each and every one of yours harvest. And every year you will begin to do it. And the second reason is that it has become a seed of their faith to God. A seed of their faith to God. To fulfill his promise. The promise that when they give him the first of their first fruit, he will bless their later harvest. So apart from appreciating God, it becomes a seed of their faith that their later harvest is going to be blessed. He promised he's going to give them a great harvest for the latter part of the harvest time and not just to give them the latter harvest to protect whatsoever he will give them from the devourer. So on one hand, we are appreciating God for bringing you into another year and giving you the ability to reap the first harvest. On the other hand, we are also saying, God, I am giving this to you because I want to trust you that you also protect my later harvest. Therefore, apart from appreciating God by surrendering their first fruits to God for keeping them alive and giving them their first fruits harvest for the year, it's also a demonstration of their faith in God to give them a greater harvest and further protect their harvest for the rest of the year. Is that understood? Okay. To me, I asked myself a question. What is wrong by me giving my first fruit to God for these wonderful reasons? Oh, for the fact that God has kept me alive and gave me an ability to make the first harvest. Is there anything wrong with me doing that? My answer is no. And the second question is that is there anything wrong also by saying, God, if I give you my first fruit, I expect you to also protect the rest of my harvest and give me bountiful harvest. Is there anything wrong with that? I asked myself. Yes, I know. I said, that sounds good. One thing I do for myself with this Bible is I search for all avenues of blessing from God. Take an example from how God has always blessed the people that he has covenanted with. 
And so not only do I study how God has blessed their people or his people, I beg your pardon, I also try to identify with those people to get some reality of the existence of the blessing in their life. And the blessing is real. He didn't walk then and stop now. He's still walking till now. And if he's still walking till now, that means God is still committed to what he said in the Old Testament time. And I said, I need to be wiser myself too. Because I'm no more who I used to be. I am now a member of the Commonwealth of Israel from the scripture. And so, I answer those questions for myself. Giving to appreciate God for giving me my first fruit and giving him my first fruit as a seed faint to getting bumper harvest for the rest of the year. I ask myself, what is wrong with that? My answer is nothing. Nothing. Now, let's get a little bit deeper. What is the meaning of first fruit offering? First, we need to talk about first fruit. First fruit, as the name implies, represents the first increase or yield or harvest or income that you have in the year. First fruit. First fruit. The first. Then offering simply means what you offer or give out or submit in this case to God. What you offer or give out or submit in this case to God. What could be yours that you decide to give out or transfer the ownership to God. That is offering. I offer you this, God. So instead of it being yours, you now decide to make it God's own, so you offer it to God. So that's why when we come on Sunday, we give our offering to God as a mark of our worship to him. Now, based on this understanding, the giving of our first fruit offering to God as a church is simply tapping into the blessing provision of the first fruit offering as commanded by God to his people. Tapping into the principle of the blessing which we yet will underscore very soon. And not in any way as a practice of the Old Testament law. But if you see something good in something that God has done, you want to tap into it. And for you to tap into it, you want to do something similar with God so that he can also extend that to you. I will analyze it much further. So in giving our first fruit to God, it is first to appreciate God for giving us the first fruit, meaning keeping us alive, 
even to reap the first fruit of the year, whatever it is. And also, a demonstration of our faith to trust him for a greater harvest for the rest of the year and to protect whatever harvest that he will give to us from the devourer. So it's a practice that has worked and is still working for Israel and by faith I believe it will work also. For me, who is equally a covenant child of God like Israel and who understands the principle enough to practice it. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And he doesn't break his principle by age. We must not confuse grace with the principles of God. That will be for another time to talk about. The scriptural support for our first food offering service comes from Exodus 23 verse 19. An Old Testament scripture which said the first of the first food of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not sit a kid in his mother's milk. Also, when you go to Leviticus 23, verse 10. Leviticus 23, verse 10. The Bible says, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When you become into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruit of your harvest, unto the priest. The New Living Translation of that scripture says, give the following instruction to the people of Israel. When you enter the land, I am giving you and you harvest its first fruit, bring the priest a bundle of grain from the first cotton of your grain harvest. A portion, a portion. Bring it into the house of the Lord. For clarity, I have to explain to you the conviction that I received that informed my decision to enter into a covenant with God as a person and letter to the church in this area. What is the revelation that I received? The revelation therefore to me is that if God based on his principle can use the first fruit to bless his people or can promise his people greater harvest and the protection of their latter harvest by their giving their first fruit to him, then I believe that he can equally use the same principle to bless me more and give me greater harvest and protect my latter harvest when I give him my first fruit 
as an offering. That was how the revelation began to get direction. So I personally began to see the practice for myself as a secret of the blessing of God which he exposed to his covenant people Israel. The word of God said that the secret thing belongs to God. But the thing that I revealed belongs to us. And if, like I said, Israel is still painstakingly practicing it wherever they are. In any nation they, they are, at any place they walk, that every year they give their first fruit to God as a covenant that they made with God for their blessing and they're still being blessed about the most blessed race in the entire world, then I would like to identify with one of their secrets of blessing. Is there anything wrong with that? Hmm. To me, if God can be faithful to his people, Israel, in blessing their latter harvest, because they gave honor to him, by giving him their first fruit, I believe he can equally be faithful to me with the same blessing when I give him my first fruit. Someone might ask, does God need your first fruit to bless you? He has already blessed you by covenant. I have no need to argue with that. But I personally felt that I have nothing to lose if I go the extra mile with God. Even when giving him my first fruit is an act of my appreciation to him, I still feel good about it. I'm giving you because I want to appreciate you, God. I know you have blessed me, but I want to give you this. Is there anything wrong with that? No, no. So my question is, is there anywhere in the Bible that is a sin to give your substance to God under any guise? There is nowhere that you want to give something to God, to honor God, and that becomes a sin. If you can give your life to him, you can give your money, you can give your substance, you can give your car, anything you want to give to honor God for the sake of the gospel without being cajoled or forced but from your willing heart, there is nothing wrong with that. It's like somebody said there's something wrong with David giving God water to drink. That is between you and your theological argument for David this kind of water is not the type that I will drink. God, I know you are not ground. You are seated in heaven. But I will pour this water in honor of who you are. I don't know the kind of water God drinks. But I know he was happy about what David did for him. Now takes us to the issue of covenant. Because the revelation led to covenant. I just talked about the revelation. Now what's the covenant? Proverbs 3, 9 to 10. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10. 
That is the secret of the covenant of first fruit offerings. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10. The Bible says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of all thy increase. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of all thy increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses burst out with new wine. A covenant condition. Honor God with your first fruit. Honor God with your substance and the first fruit of your increase. And this is what will happen when you do that. This is what will happen when you honor God with your substance and the first fruit of your increase. This is what God will do. The Bible said, so shall thy bonds be filled with plenty and thy presses burst out with new wine. If I want my bonds to be filled with plenty and my presses bursting out with new wine and God said for that to happen I need to give him my first fruit. Will I be so stupid and foolish not to give him and I'm still asking him to make my bonds be filled with plenty. When he has told me what I need to do. You know, revelation is personal, you know. And if I catch a revelation about something with God, no devil, no angel, no human being, Pope, Bishop, whatever, can tell me that I did not have that revelation. And have gone wrong. From the word of God I picked something that. Hey God you just spoke to me. By your word. That if this sin is done. This is what you need to do. And you are faithful to your word. And I catch it as a revelation for myself. Anyone that said to me. Otherwise is an idiot. Because I won't listen to him. I want what works. I am asking God for the blessings, all kinds of blessings, and He's giving me conditions on how to attract blessings. It's one of them. There are so many of them in the Bible. And I'm pushing one aside. And I have received it as a revelation that I'm simply undoing myself. I am simply undoing myself. First fruit offering was a covenant God entered with his people Israel which required the people of Israel to give God the best of their first fruit whatever thing it represents of their early harvest to God so that God will give them abundance in their later harvest just like we saw in the book of Proverbs 3 9 to 10 so shall the bound be filled with plenty and thy presses burst out with new wine. So it was a covenant. If you give me the best of your first, 
I, the Lord, will ensure that you have the best harvest for the rest of the year. Simple. Now, that's where the choice begins to enter. If you do it and you believe God that is faithful to his word, God will be faithful to what he has promised. You can challenge God to it, not challenge us and busting God. God, you said this in your word and I have done it faithfully. You have a choice to, to say, I don't really care about this. What is my wine busting with? What is my bum busting with? If you want to bless me, bless me all the same. There are people that don't give first fruit and they still have plenty money. So I don't want to give myself. It's a choice. It's what? Yeah. It's your own choice. It's the pathway you want to follow. But let me tell you one secret. Quit by virtue of my age, my status in life, my being in business and relating with business community and my being a pastor over many years to succeed in this life and succeed greatly either you follow the devil or you follow God either you decide to follow the devil big time and become a big cultist and be ready to go to hell because there's a consequence to that and they know it and you fly all the jets and live that glorious in quote life or you follow God to the extreme that they will call you stupid and foolish and you will see what happens at the end of the day mediocrity in the things of wealth and power leads to great surprises at the end and they say he used to be because it was not based on any strong spiritual foundation and so he sold his houses he sold his empire and the children are so poor but then it is not just being built on a loose foundation also if you build it on the devil foundation that is the same result but God said, I will bless you. I will make you a blessing. And I will bless thy seed after you. So the blessing of God is a generational blessing that you can see being recurrent even after you have gone. But the devil blessing does not go that way. You add so much sorrow to it and so much problem with it. And I'm saying that because I know for sure that so many persons that are big out there have sold and submitted themselves to the devil and their soul is languishing in the hands of the devil. And I'm telling you for free that there are so many of them everywhere, even career people, bankers, or you workers that need promotion, them businessmen, all manners of people, all kinds of people that tired of this kind of uh, waiting on God to do anything and they still go to church but they are not part of God's covenant anymore because they have drifted they come and maybe give a kind of make-believe testimonies in church 
but they know where their soul and their source is. Don't be deceived. If you want to follow God, please follow him. If you don't want to follow him, then you can decide to play around with the devil. Whatever you get is your choice. It's what? A choice. Maybe by the time you get to heaven, you say, Pastor, I actually said this. So. But don't wait to get to heaven first. The competition in this world for the wealth of this world is fiends. Is fiends. If you want to remain a mediocre, then it's your choice. But if you want to go out there and become relevant to what God is doing in your generation, you have to take it bullishly. Everything God says, I take it. I hold it. I try God. I prove God. That should be your passion. Otherwise, you'll be floating. We get deep on that. As a covenant, the Lord further opened my eyes to see how he used the first fruit to prosper his people, Israel. It is actually one of the strongest principles behind the prosperity of the Jewish people. The same God that you and I serve, bless them with this. Now first it came to me as a personal revelation. The revelation is that I can equally practice this as a child of the same God of Israel and still tap into the prosperity God has set aside for his people of Israel, which is by my right, I belong to the member of the commonwealth of Israel, Ephesians 2.12. By now, right now, by my redemptive right in God, I belong now as a member of the commonwealth of Israel. Ephesians 2.12 And I said to myself, if there is a way God has been blessing these people per time, I can equally key into the principle of their blessing and become blessed myself because we are the same God. Unless you are telling me that your New Testament God is no more Jehovah. Thank God for Jesus. What Jesus did was to reconcile us back to the Father. So that we can be called sons and daughters of God. Not sons and daughters of Jesus. But sons and daughters of God. And the Bible said that we are co-heir with Jesus. Who have redeemed us. And taking away all our transgression and nailing it to the cross and so we have become sons of Jehovah so if that same Jehovah has principle of blessing and I can see it in his word it would be too stupid for me not to tap into it and mind you, Jesus did not come to break the principles of God's blessing. He came to make it better for you by giving you the Holy Spirit to give you this kind of revelation on how you need to tap into grace that had been existing, that was set aside only for the children of Israel. And if the Holy Ghost is there to give you this kind of understanding, no one can tell you otherwise unless you don't know 
So I believe that if he still worked for them, it will work for me. So based on this revelation, I decided to enter into a covenant with the Lord in this area. So we must understand that any child of God or a group of God's people can enter into a personal covenant or a group covenant with God on specific issues concerning their relationship with God. And as they fulfill their own parts, God is faithful to fulfill his own part. You can decide to enter into any covenant with God by yourself and say, God, I want to be doing this for you. And if I'm doing this, I want you to do this for me. And once God tells you, deal, make sure you are doing what you say you'll be doing and watch whether God is not going to be faithful to doing what he's, you, you want him to do for you. You can enter into a personal covenant with God. God is always faithful. Again, this is not practiced by the lighted church as part of our Old Testament law, but as a personal covenant or a church covenant with the Lord based on this understanding. In Psalm 50 verse 5, the Bible says, Bring my faithful people. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Bring my faithful people, those who made a covenant with me by giving sacrifices. Those that will like to make covenant with me or those that have made covenant with me by giving sacrifices. Meaning that, God, I want to be sacrificing this for you. And I want you to do this. Bring them. I like them. I like them. Because you are simply proving me if I'm faithful. But you must be sure to keep your own bargain or your own side of the bargain. God loves people who enter into a sacrificial covenant with him. He honors his own part of the covenant all the time. Then after I was convinced that this is the right thing to do for myself, for my blessing, I had the conviction to get the entire church that I pastor into this covenant with God. If I love myself and I love my family, I must love my God's family. And if I believe something is working for me or will work for me, I will let my children also partake in that. Because it's not just for it to work for me alone, it has to work for them. And it's a covenant for me and my biological family and it's also a covenant for the spiritual family that God has given to me, which is the lighted church. I said, look, guys, let's get into this covenant with God and prove God. And that's how it all started. So having settled this, it will be necessary to understand the biblical principles behind the first fruit blessing that we are talking about. Another level of understanding. To understand God's laid down principle that can never fail when you practice them that actually authenticates the blessing that comes out through the giving of a first fruit offering to God. The principle that can never go wrong with God. Number one principle. 
The principle of first belongs to God. Romans 11:16 said, "If the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy, and if the root be holy, so are the branches. If the main thing is regarded as holy, if the first fruit you separate it as holy unto God, the rest automatically becomes holy." This is the principle of the first establishes the rest. So giving God the best of the first fruit is an act of worship to God. And when you do this, he takes over the rest for you. Since the time of the altar now, the Jewish race don't joke with this. They practice this in reverence and in worship to God. It stands as God wants to be given first fruit. God wants it. It is a worship to God. God is the one that should have the first of everything in my life. Is a sign of what ship to God. I don't want to hold the first thing, I will give it to God. It's a sign of the word of God in their lives, and they don't joke with it. Which means that God is worthy to be given the first fruit and the first place in our lives as worship. So this process therefore automatically hands over the rest to God that guarantees your future. Anyone who truly loves God will always want to give God the first place in his or her life. And when you give him the first place in your life, he sanctifies and establishes the rest. Matthew 6, 33 said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. First. First. Let that thing that concerns him be first. Once that is first, every other thing by the one that you have given the first will be added to you. So before. You consider anything in your life, consider God and give him the first place. Tell yourself, before God, there is no other person. There is no other person. There is no other thing. A wise person must dedicate or commit every first thing in his or her life to God. The first set of hours in your life, you say, God, I thank you. you have woken me up. I commit today to you. Because you want to trust him. Thank God the first day of the week, by the regular calendar, we come to church. And say, God, we are giving you this first day. When is the first day of the month? 
wisely in your home, you dedicate that first day of the month and say, God, this is the first of this month. I'm dedicating the month to you. Make sure, Lord, that this month becomes a great month for me. You recognize him first before you step into any situation. And so, if you are wise enough also, you receive your first salary. I'm not saying you give all your salary, but you say, God, I'm going to, I'm going to really honor you with this. Get something chunk and say, God, I'm giving you this. I didn't have job before, but you gave me job. First thing. Titan, for example, is called the first fruit of your increase. One way or the other, once you increase, you give one-tenth to God as an honor. But the understanding is better and is clearer. Better and clearer in the sense that one-tenth could be the least you can give to God as an honor. Why? Because in the New Testament dispensation, the Bible said that they give all. So if you limit it to 10%, that is not bad enough. But that is not the best you can give to God. But at least do the minimal. And let no devil deny you from doing the minimal. Because there's a terrible spiritual backlash in doing that. If you take it as law, it becomes law. If you take it as grace, it becomes grace to you. Whatsoever you hand over to God, he takes charge. He takes charge of the rest. God cannot be the first in your life and you become the last in life. It's not possible. So when you consider God first, he responds to you first. This is a strong conviction for me as a person why our first fruit should be given to God. The second principle is the principle of giving and receiving. Proverbs 11, 24, 25. Proverbs 11, 24, 25. The Bible said there is that scattered and yet increased and there is that withholdeth more than meat but it tended to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. This is God's principle. Written in the Old Testament. And it's God's principle forever. That givers don't lack. In Luke 6:38, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaking together. And running over shall men give unto your bosom. For with what same measure that you meet, without it shall be measured to you again. Give, and it shall be given back to you. This is like the principle of sowing and reaping. It's God's standard principle. So whenever you give out a seed, It always comes back to you a multiple fold as fruit. If anyone can latch on to this spiritual principle of sowing and reaping and giving out, that person definitely will defeat the menace of poverty 
And as they say, give us, don't lack. So this is not limited, again, to the things of God. Just learn to give out. Just learn to let go. Don't withhold more than you should withhold. Learn to be liberal in giving. That is a strong principle of God for blessing, for addition, for multiplication, for increase, and for great harvest. But look at it this way. Beyond giving to people and issues and situations, when you now begin to give to God, it works very strongly, which applies to the things of the kingdom. Whenever you give God, you must expect a harvest from it, from God. Even God said that when you give to, when you give to a poor man, you lend to God, you lend to him. When you give to a widow, you lend to him. When you give to orphans, you lend to him. What about when you give to his kingdom? That is a direct given in his name. So if your first fruit offering is therefore taken by you as giving to God, be ready to reap reward in blessing by God. Everyone in time from the Bible time till now that ever give God something as a worship and of being wealthy. Abraham is part of it. David is part of it. The one that said I cannot give God what costs me nothing. Solomon his son is part of it. When you there begin to give something to God and his kingdom be ready to be wealthy. Make it as a practice for yourself. Number three, the principle of sacrifice. Whatsoever you give sacrificially to God, God honors and rewards you abundantly for that. Psalm 126 verse number five says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Sowing in tears simply means a sacrificial kind of sowing. Sowing that you do when it is not convenient for you to do it. And we are sowing in tears. God said be ready to reap in joy. And I don't believe that sowing your first fruits is very convenient knowing where you are coming from. It's a part of sacrificial thing you give to God. But watch what God will do based on this principle. First food offering therefore cannot be anything less than a sacrificial offering, especially because he's given at such a time where people would have spent all their money enjoying themselves during the Christmas season. If your first food therefore is actually a sacrifice to God from your heart. Then be ready to receive God's bountiful harvest. Principle number four, which is the concluding principle. 
That's the principle of for kingdom's sake. Luke 28, 29 to 30. Luke 28, 29 to 30. There is no man that has left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake who shall not receive manifold more in these present times and in the world to come everlasting. Mark 10, 29 and 30. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that had left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or land for my sake and the gospels but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time houses brethren sisters mothers and children and lands of course with persecution we need to understand that sometime and in the world to come, eternal life. Anything you simply live, or sacrifice, or give out for the kingdom of God's sake, attract multiple blessings. Meaning that whatever we live for God's sake or God's kingdom's sake, including money, God will give you back hundredfolds in this world you say God I'm giving you this God will give it back to you a hundredfold whatever thing it is the question here is this and I want you to listen to me very clearly because I'm running up with something a little bit deeper and peculiar to this lighted church the question here is this where is the first fruit offering money that we give to the lighted church going where does it go what do we do with it? The answer is simple. It goes to the church. To the work of the ministry. For the gospel's sake. For the kingdom's sake. No more. No less. So whatsoever you are giving for the gospel's sake. For the kingdom's sake. In this world you shall have a hundredfold in the world to come eternal life I don't know about other assemblies but for this I know concerning the lighted church the money we give as first food offering goes 100% for kingdom's sake and the gospel's sake without doubt anything given for kingdom purpose has a harvest guarantee you can never go wrong with it whether it is in the old dispensation or in the new dispensation once it is for God's kingdom purpose then leave the rest to God the God of the kingdom therefore if the proceed of first food offering is 100% for the work of the ministry and expansion of God's kingdom which is in the case of our church we can be so sure that God will be so committed in giving us the required harvest because we have given for his kingdom's sake
please note this for emphasis. In this church, we don't give our first fruits to the pastor. We don't give our first fruits to the senior pastor of the church. It doesn't come to me. But for the work of the ministry and for the expenses of the church. So when you give your first fruits, you are giving to God and for his kingdom's sake. For that, to this, in this church, we don't also use the offering and the tithe and the first fruit and special offering given to God's people or given by God's people to do any other thing except the things of this church. No diversions. And I guess you know that I personally don't receive salary from the church. And so I don't, I am not paid salary from first food or tithe or offering. I don't receive salary. And I don't take the offering and tithe as my salary. It's all to God. I give my own too. I don't receive an upkeep from the money of the church. The church don't pay my bills. The church don't pay my expenses. The church don't pay my rent, not even to buy fuel in my car. If you don't know, know it. So when you see fuel expenses, it's not to the pastor's car, it's for the church bus. God supplies all my need by himself directly because he has, a, he has a son in me and I have a father in him and he loves and cares for me and I am content with that. I don't have anything wrong with churches paying salary to their pastors. I am not, I don't have anything wrong with it. I don't, I don't have any, it is good for church to pay they are pastor's salary. I am not against it. My spiritual father, the church pays his salary. The church built him a house. The church keep buying him Range Rover and the G-Wagons and all that and renewing it every time. The church pays his expenses. The church subsidizes with his travel expenses and all that. That is wonderful, but the church doesn't do any of such for me. And I'm not asking for it. I'm not upset that God is judging all because I can say, oh, church, please, you know, I'm going to begin to give me a... I don't want it now. And maybe never. Because that's not the way I am structured. I, I want to travel to London. Church, what do you have in that purse? I need to buy tickets, you know. No, not for me. Even when I'm going for preaching engagement, I pay my bills. So be rest assured that your money is not diverted for any other thing than the things that touch the gospel. I personally oversee the spending of the church money because 
I want to fully account to God when we go to heaven by his grace how the money that came into the church that I pastor was spent. That is why I look into the church. Church funds. How much did we get? How did we get it? What do we... This one should go to... This one should go to salary. This one should go... This one should wait for now. So that I know that I wash my hand. Not that they will steal money on my head. And God said, I gave you something to manage and they're stealing money on your head. And you say you don't care. So I see everything. At times I'll be checking certain things. And I'll be asking questions. The church accountant will say, Pastor, uh, is there anything wrong? I say, no. I have a... Is it, is it not true? Why are, you, why are you so critical? I say, no, I want to be sure. So as simple as 1,000. What is this 1,000 for? Who? Why? Uh, Pastor, is there anything wrong? Hey, nothing is wrong. I am just trying to make sure I put myself in order with God. I sign vouchers. I sign everything and I know what is going and what and I don't touch. However, I say, give, him, give me money to buy a recharge card. <laughs> no matter how broke I am, I could be very broke, you know. I could be terribly broke. I mean, as in, let me use the word, broker than you. I can be so terribly that there's no money in our house. No, nothing. No, as in, but I don't know whether the church has money. It's not my business. It, I, I have, it has never occurred to me that it can be my business. That is the way I am structured. So if other pastors do things differently, and then it is bringing criticism all over the place, that is for them and their God to settle. It does not consign me, and it should not consign me. I run my race. I do my things. What did Pastor Ayo say? I shine my shine. <laughs> so if people are stealing church money, they are doing things with church money, and that is them. I don't. And I don't, and you must believe that I don't. If you are doubting, ask the church accountant, ask Jerusalem, even in um, in uh, Ghana, he's still checking everything. Pastor, at times he will ask me, Pastor, I didn't quite understand this. I said, It's in there that brought it to. We signed it. We, <laughs> we need to explain because if you are not accountable to anybody, then you are in trouble. You can mistakenly, you know, a task can be mistake, mistakenly diverting. But I know the rest of me is it's an auditor. Pastor, I didn't quite understand this. When we finished the church, didn't I tell you something? I said, please, do the breakdown well. You have not even given me that breakdown. Because he asked me some questions. I said, I forgot, you know. I said, okay, what we do is that we ask ACNA to give us the breakdown. Huh? <laughs> so that we know how the money moves. You got money moves, you know. <laughs> so, my advice to you as... Uh, members of the lighted church is for you to be sure that what I am saying is true that I am not eating church money I'm not stealing church money I don't use it for anything but for what God wants us to do with the money and you find it to be true enjoy the church 
be free in giving because your money will be used for God. What happens in other church should not consign you, please. Leave them. If they say pastors are thieves, say minus my pastor. They say, who told you? He said, because I know. Our pastors are criminals, they are manipulators. Say minus my pastor. How do you know they are the same? Do you know? He said, because I do know. If you doubt, come and stay in the church for a while. Then you will know. So don't let them tag me or they tag other people because I'm not like them. And like I said, our first food offering given is not in the same principle as others are given. You know, some churches give their first food offering to their priests. That's to their pastor. And that's the doctrine that has been a problem. Give your first food and the first food now belongs to the pastor. He takes it, enjoys himself, pays his bill. And so people began to criticize first food. And I said, what's the problem here? He said, because the first pastor will take it and travel and enjoy. It's their own. Because they say, give it to the priest. I said, well, I don't know about that. They have their own revelation. I have mine. So we are not like any other person. And for our visitors, please, if your pastor eats church money, don't be judgmental. Don't judge him. Just allow God to judge him. Still give in the name of God so that you don't hinder your own blessing because you need to give to receive. I was like you sometime when I know that my pastor then was diverting church money for something. It became a problem. It became like a fight. And when I saw the way I was, hey, Pastor, we need to do this. Why you? I would draw all the money now. I now say, okay, you and um, Emmanuel Bino will be signing the checks so that I can discipline myself. I said, okay, me and Ebino will be signing the checks. Ebino, keep the check. When we want to spend for this church, we sign the check and pastor will tell us what we need to do with the money. One day he went to a binum and said, sign your own part, sign your own part. How many leaves? Sign your own part. And he make evangelists to sign. <laughs> uh -huh. And the pastor has said now, why are you to disobey pastor? Before you know the money. I said, God, I did not steal your money. I did not steal your. And I said, from now, I will not sign again. Because you can't force me to sign something I can't account for. I will not do what? Take your checkbook, sign. I'm not disobedient. But if I cannot be a part of knowing what we're doing with the money, then I don't want to sign. We were in a church where my wife was part of um, people that are counting offering. You know the story. And before they finish counting, the pastor's wife will enter and scatter everything. I'm, uh, pastor, okay, I don't want to call her name. Now what's happening now? You will not look for fat envelopes. Take this one. Yeah? Take your fat envelope. You were in that church. Fat envelope put in a post. Fat envelope. 
Then you can, you can count the rest. You can count the rest. Then she will leave. <laughs> My wife said, I don't want to go to hello. What do we do? I said, let's tell the pastor. Ah. But if we tell pastor, how are we going to defend it? One day I told, I said, pastor, we need to change this offering department. We need to get another set of people. Because in my heart, my wife is saying she doesn't want to go to hell because she doesn't want to report. And somehow the pastor agreed. Because they were all women that were counting and she was intimidating them. We now met Pastor Shego Abraham, the head of, yeah, I mean, he's an accountant, chartered accountant, the head of the offering department. The guy is a little bit strict. And so they started counting and this woman will come and you see the face of Shego and the rest of boys that are counting. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't hear this one. <laughs> then Pastor came one that was preaching. Ah, God is blessing. Who said Nigeria is, uh, is going through any problem? God is blessing people. See the kind of tithe and offering we are getting. See how God is now. God has been blessing our sins. The thing was going to the hands of the devourer. <laughs> oh Lord have mercy. The guy was so excited. He said, if you know what we know. <laughs> now the thief is in your house. I mean. That was the pastor of a church. I know now. The pa our pastor and the wife. <laughs> All right, so will that stop me from giving will that stop me from serving God I saw these things and I said God now you go judge these things so. because the way this is are going I mean I don't know what, who will make heaven in this situation <laughs> hallelujah mm. so please if you're a visitor here and um You are not comfortable with the way your church money is being spent. Instead of making you to sin or shortchange your blessing by saying, I won't give again, I won't give. I will not give. I know what they will do with the money. Please keep giving. But if you are not comfortable with that church, prayerfully ask the Holy Spirit to give you the church you'll be comfortable with. So that you can do what God wants you to do. Start giving. When God said to us to leave that church, and the revelation came from my wife, I said, You are on your own. If they are punishing us here, I am going to serve God here. Let them be punishing us. Is it not money they're eating? Is it not all the because God has said I will serve here? God has not told me. And he said, He kept getting revelation that. <laughs> God is giving her revelation I didn't get and I'm so I mean I'm so youthful in the church because of the things that God is enabling me to do when I got to the situation where I began to ask God and God began to give me some insight I wrote a letter to my pastor and I said also based on the revelation my wife got I, I told call her name <laughs> so that God will also know that uh, it is not you didn't start from you <laughs> and I gave him and I told him that we are leaving he was very upset and he was really you know he made a quarrel out of it but after a couple of years he came to my house early in the morning 
and say, you guys are great people of God. Oh. Ah, my, my wife oh, has stolen me dry. Look at all the things that is happening. In my mind, I said, what about you yourself? You. He said he has begged God for forgiveness because there was nothing he wasn't doing. I mean, I don't want to go into that. He said he has begged God for forgiveness. He came one day at 5 a.m. He couldn't sit on my, on my sofa. I sat on the floor. I said, ah, Pastor, why? He said, no, no. I, he sat on the floor. He said, I'm, I can't, I'm not holy enough to sit on your seat. God bears me witness. <laughs> he said, Pastor, you can't do it. He said, no, leave me alone. When I got close to him, I said, indeed, you are not holy enough. <laughs> because the kind of things I was perceiving was not holy. <laughs> and he stayed till late and we talked. And he left. When we dedicated the church, he was there with the wife. And he said to me, I know God has forgiven me. And maybe my wife, but the thing is that people refuse to forgive, forgive me. So I, I decided to relocate to Port Harcourt. Because these Lagos people, they have known so much, they are not even forgiving me. But God has forgiven. I said, don't worry. Whosoever the Son of Man is set free, is free indeed. So if we had remained in the place of this multiple sin and unrighteousness, I don't know what would have happened. So the truth remains that. Um, you watch who pastors you. <laughs> you watch. Allow God to speak to you. But please don't stop giving to God because somebody else is eating the money. It is not wise for you to kill yourself because of somebody's else sin. Because somebody is doing bad things and now went and drink poison. Say, so let me die. Why? Because that man is a sinner. Let me just die. Because you are not given to God under any situation is simply meaning that you are not ready to receive from God. And at times when you are not receiving from God, you go to the devil. And when you not go to the devil, the devil will kill you. Because he will tell you more ways for you to get than the way God wants you to get. In closing, how do we give a first fruit offering? How do we give a first fruit offering? You get the best of your first increase for the year. If God has blessed you for the year, you've received salary. You receive some increase in your business or something. Monetize it. Value it in money. Write check or bring cash as it may be we are going to distribute first fruit offering envelopes today then you put it in the envelope and come to church next Sunday and make sure it's sacrificial enough and make sure you are giving it from your heart dress very well and want to give your first fruit before God based on the understanding of the covenant with the lighted church. Make it joyful. Make it willing. Make it sacrificial. Come dancing with expectation of what God will do. Receiving it 
an appreciation of what God has done, giving you what you have to give. And for those of you who have not received their first salary or first increase in any form or shape, don't bother. Come to church. We all dance together. Appreciate God together. Do the dancing first. So when God now prospers you and give you the first fruit, you also by yourself give it to God. And I assure you, everyone cobble will be accounted for as giving to God and his kingdom. Nothing more, nothing less. I'd like us to stand to our feet. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information on The Lighted Church, visit tlc.net.ng or follow The Lighted Church on Instagram and Facebook. God bless you.